last time. The group headed out with the Musketeers supply wagon to travel east. They hope to get to Dave's hometown where he knows a guy that can lift Mimi's world curse. On the way, the group gets attacked by a large pack of werewolves that chase them to an abandoned mansion. In the mansion, they found out the werewolves destroyed the other musketeer supply wagon and all the people. The gang manages to survive till morning with Dave using the rod of Dragonfort, but not before Galaxy gets cursed by a werewolf as well. Ian arrives at the mansion with some griffins and can now get the group to Dave's hometown in hours rather than days. What do you call a hobbit party? A little get-together. Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters! Welcome, everybody, to Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters, a fifth edition live play podcast. Mm, with, with me, Kurt, I am Daddy and the Dungeon Master. <laughs> we've got Sam, and we've got Birdie, and we've got Matt. Hi, Matt. I play Hello. Mimi. I play Galaxy. And I'll be playing Dave. A little bit of a change today with, with this episode and moving forward. Matt is going to be a permanent addition to our cast Hey-o. in playing our favorite halfling cleric. Hey-o. So we Lucky. won't have anyone else? Excelsior! Maybe, maybe if... I sometimes won't be able to make it. Yeah, if schedules don't align and we can't get Matt to come over and, and play with us, then we might have to get some additional guests. Um, plus, I haven't ruled it out in the future that we might maybe have promotional contests and have guest players come on. Oh, can I do a summary of what happened last time? Well, Sure. Yeah, so do you remember where we were at? Where did we leave off? We leave off at this little place that wolves were trying to attack us. Right. And that it was like three floors. Um, We found coins, and I got scratched up. I didn't like the feeling of the coins. Um, And the musketeers the were with coins. us. And... Yeah, but what happened at the end? <laughs> oh, we were still so trapped. The wolves finally went away, and we got picked up. By the Griffins. Griffins. And the Musketeers. Yeah. Okay. Woo-hoo. Yep. And, and Dave sadly died. died. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx! <laughs> Jinx! <laughs> I'm not playing Jinx. No, okay, so to be clear, Dave did not die. <laughs> Dave is. Like, oh, well, I'm going to get some grocery shopping to do this. <laughs> Okay, All right, so we're on Griffins. We're on Griffins. Flying we're flying, and it, it only takes a couple of hours, but we are flying towards Dave's hometown of Shadywood. Dave's getting more and more excited by the minute. So the the Griffins are really, really fast, and what would have taken us... Where's our ponies? They're, they're well, going to stay with the caravan, but they'll catch up to yep, us. Yep, they will catch up to us. We will get the ponies back eventually. They're just not with us right now. So what normally would have taken us another three days of traveling by wagon, we're able to get to Shadywood in just a couple of hours. So the Griffins, it's an exhilarating ride. They, they're they very high up in the air. Your hair is getting blown up back off of your face. I don't think he has hair. You don't think Dave has hair? Mm. Dave has no, hair. He's, he's bald. He's young. He's, I mean, he's he bald. Has a, he has a little hair. No, I, I pictured him with a big, thick mop of curly brown hair. Yeah, I, I picture him that way, too. I am a He's not bald. bald. He's young. 
He's a young halfling. He's he is not a young halfling. But he shaves his head because he gets lice all the time. No. <laughs> no. No. He has puffy eyeballs. <laughs> <clears throat> so you see the countryside below you fly past. You see mostly unbroken sand and rocks, and then the terrain starts to change into more prairie. So you start getting into the fields of prairie grass swaying in the wind as we go by. And then we start to see a little bit more woods that, and some trees and some greenery that starts to dot throughout the landscape. I imagine once the closer we get to the town, we start seeing farms. Oh, yep. huge! It's a giant frog! So we do start seeing farms as as we get closer, um, but it's still mostly prairie land. So the reason why your hometown got the name of Shadywood is because it's the first. It's it's a town that's nestled in the middle of the first dense pocket of forest in in the area. So it's right on the edge of the prairie lands and and forest. Okay. So in fact, it's Shadywood because it's mostly woods. It's it's tucked right in the middle of that forest, and there's no good place to land the griffin. So we actually have to land a couple of miles away in the in the prairie in in the farmland surrounding surrounding the woods. And the griffins land. They kick up dust and dirt, and the grass gets smushed down underneath their claws, and you hop down. So there there are farmers. Um, that you see a couple of farmers are out in the fields, but they, they got hoes and rakes and stuff, and they're out there chilling away, and all of them stop and look at all of you wide-eyed. None of them run away. None of them scream or anything like that, but you do notice there's halfling farmers that are out working in the fields, and we landed not too far away from where a couple of them are, are working. So you do notice them. They don't run away or anything like that. But the one thing that you do notice is that when you notice them, and you look away, and when you look back, they're gone. They... Not like they like vanished they, they, in the thin they air, but they're just like yeah they uh, they took off, but not like immediately. But uh, they made themselves scarce after after seeing you. Griffins are pretty scary. They are pretty scary, yeah. especially if you've never seen one. You don't know that they're friendly, right? Right, and you know you're I've never seen one. You're a halfling Huge. farmer, right, outside of town, and suddenly three large griffins land, right, with looks like soldiers and humans and elves. Arm to the teeth. It's the three of you that came off of the Griffins. You've got Betha, you've got Blondie, and you've got a third musketeer who we will name Duff. Who, but we call him Duff Man. Sure, you can call him Duff Man. Hi, Duff Man, give me a beer. (laughs) (laughs) So we land. You notice that the, the farmers, they disappear after you guys show up. And Dave, you really wouldn't pay any mind to this because you know it's like they're just being cautious and all that and a bunch of strangers have shown up exactly so you know the way in the town yep right lead the way lead the way so do the griffins take off nope they're gonna they're gonna stay put chill okay yep as you start walking in this is not of consequence but i wanted to describe this is that as you're walking in out in the distance in the fields you see a blue magical portal open up did you say oh, I was? And it's a large por- portal. It's probably about 30 feet across. When you do it, it sounds like you're going to say pony. <laughs> it's not a pony. It's a 30 it's a foot large blue magical, magical portal. portal. Off in the distance yep. in it, the prairie. And you hear this. <laughs> Guy comes running out of the portal. And he's and, he, and we haven't seen him since the first adventure, right? We, well, he's he's shown up for a couple of adventures. I yeah. suppose as long as we were in Solace, he was or what was yeah. that place? Called? Westman. Westman. He's yeah. there. 
Yeah, I've we haven't seen Westman, seen Westman since Westman. Since Westman. Yeah. I don't remember him. So he comes running through a portal. Guy, yeah, he's the he was the portly fisherman. He's got the oar, oh, oh, and he has the pot on his head. Yep. So he comes running out. He's still got his oar in his hand, and he's still got the pot on his head. But one thing is different is that it looks like that his he's wearing some weird armor, and the only way to describe it is that his armor looks a little bit like Ian's armor in that it looks like it's from another world a little bit, but he is wearing a green t-shirt that says USMC across the front of it, and it's got like a, and you can tell even from this distance, that it looks like that it's got some oil stains across the belly on it, and he is. Is he, is he fat? Oh yeah, he's portly. portly yeah. He's, well, yeah, I wouldn't he's say he's like, fat. Yeah, he's not, yeah, he's, but he's got he like, like a belly, Homer? and he's got some extra, like Homer? extra meat. Some extra LBs? Yeah. Do yeah, like Homer? Exactly. No, he's not as fat as Homer. He's, no, he's fatter. So, so he comes out of the portal and he's running. He is screaming. And he's got his oar over one side and he's got his hand on his head holding the pot on it. And he's just running and he is red-faced and bellowing air because he just can't catch his breath. And he's running. He gets about 20 feet away from the portal. And then a large amphibious-looking creature comes barreling out of the portal as well. And it's not a dragon. It looks like something that's more more equipped. No, more equipped to be in a watery environment because the thing is wet and there's water that's splashing out with it. But he's got long tentacles and fins on it and it, the entire front of its face is this gaping maw of row after row after row of sharp teeth. So in this creature, it's got three jet black eyes that go up the top of his head and the thing is like it is like 20 feet long itself and it comes out and it goes Roar! and it starts clawing after guy and it just happens just for a couple seconds and all of a sudden another portal opens up in front of guy and guy dashes through it and then the monster dashes through it as well and then both the portals disappear <laughs> what i was getting ready for combat <laughs> nope that's it oh that is hilarious i love that <laughs> so they didn't have to worry about it so guy is Guy is up to something right now. And he's got his hands full. Yeah, he's, he's definitely has his hands full. Okay, so you lead, you lead the way into okay. town. Yeah, lead the way into town. <laughs> I just I just want to have a little side note with that because we, we haven't we haven't heard from Guy in a while. You don't see anyone on the way in. We only get a little ways into the into the woods, and you you do hear someone greet you from the woods. Hey, Dave. Do I recognize the voice? It's it's Gerald. You turn around. Gerald, what a coincidence! I could I sensed you were coming. You sensed it? Yeah. That's cool. We need help. Please, please help us. Yes. Uh, we need a little bit of help, and we're actually here to see you. So Gerald, is a, he's a very old halfling, um, and he walks a little little hunched over. So he's he's shorter than Dave um, because he's he's hunched over, and, and he's, an, he's an old he's like guy. A, he's like a foot? No, he's like he's like two foot eleven. Yeah. So, so he's and only... Dave's what, like three foot five? I think he's only like three feet. Three feet, okay. Yep. So, but when you're only three feet tall, that one inch is a big difference. Indeed. <laughs> so, um, just quickly, he wears he uh, Gerald. He's a very old halfling, shock of white hair, but um, well, he's bald, but his white hair sticks out uh-huh. on the sides. The fringe. He's got yep. a fringe of white hair. Yeah, yeah he's got like the tutu uh-huh. on his head. Sure. And he's got lots of. He's wearing probably two dozen necklaces um, around his neck, and they clink. Um, and bang together whenever he moves. 24? And he wears 
plain halfling attire, you know, some pants and a shirt, nothing really out of the ordinary except for for the necklaces and he's got lots of he's got lots of rings on too. He's got he it looks like he's really into jewelry. He's 24 necklaces. He's wearing 24 necklaces yeah, right now. Yep. So Gerald says, "Dave, good to see you again. But you bring evil with you this time." What are you referring to? I mean, my friends have curses that we need lifted. Is that what you that's, mean? That's what I mean. But we brought them here so we could expel the evil. I, I, I'm not trying to. I, I'm not trying to say you're trying to cause trouble. Oh, I'm no, just I'm, saying, just like when the werewolf curse is involved, that's 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 always that is not a good thing. You're it's, very correct about that, Gerald. I just didn't know who else to turn to. Well, it, it's good that you brought them to me, my boy. Thank you, wise man. You know that Gerald. He's. Yeah, he's the, he's the wise man of the village, and he used to be an adventurer, like way back in the day. It's it's kind of you know that that's how he made his fortune because he's he also the, he's also the richest halfling in Shadywood. Is he the the, the village crazy person? No. Well, no, no, but th- there are some people that kind of keep their distance away from him because it's uh, to, to go out and have adventures and and purposely put yourself into dangerous si- situations like Gerald had in the past. Not a lot of them do it, and they kind of view him as a little bit of a troublemaker, but they know that uh, he is wise. Um, he's seen a lot of things in the world, and he's got a lot of money and a lot of influence in the town. A so he, a lot of people generally let him do whatever it is that he he needs to do. And so just a little bit of a backstory. Um, so like walking through walking through the woods, if you start talking with Gerald, you know that his his backstory is that years and years and years ago, he was an adventurer, and he adventured with his partner, Milo. And he stopped adventuring when Milo was killed in their, their last adventure. Oh, that's so sad. And he got, so they were in another land across the sea, and they were helping, trying to help out some dragonborn people across the sea. And the dragonborn were being attacked and oppressed by a fire giant named Zelane. So you already know all this, Dave, because you've heard this story yeah. dozens of times. Yeah. And you never get tired of hearing about it's it. It's probably part of what Gerald. encouraged me to go out and become a cleric. And Right. So, introductions, and so is Milo. So he says, it was across the sea in the land of Elysium. Have you heard of it? It's where the yes. dragonborn mostly yes, reside. I've heard of every place. Um, oh really? Yes. Okay. This was this was years ago. Milo and I were adventuring with others we had met along the way. There was a fire giant named Zelane that had moved into the area and started enslaving the dragonborn to dig mines and haul coal for them. Have you ever met a dragonborn? His name is Jed. He's actually a very dear friend of ours. Five people, dragonborn. Really, really like them a lot. So there was this this fire giant named Zelane that had moved into the area and started enslaving the dragonborn there, and it had them digging mines and hauling coal for them. We also heard that uh, Zelane had crafted some of the greatest armor and weapons the world had ever seen. We couldn't pass up the opportunity, do a little good and get a little reward. Alas, we were not successful. Only a couple of us made it out. The heat, oh, the heat was terrible. Have you ever encountered a fire giant? They like to keep things hot all the time. (laughs) Milo sacrificed himself to get us out of there. But he blinded the giant Zelane in the process. Couldn't believe it. Seeing a little halfling get that close to a fire giant like that, it was heroic. And it was after that point, I decided that uh, I'd seen all the, all the heroics that I needed to see in the world, and 
That's why I came back here. Came back to Shadywood and made my life. When people like you come around and need my help, happy to do it because my, my, my adventuring days are done. Well, we're merely taking up the torch. Yes, well, yes. And, you know, it's always good to have a halfling around who gives Dave a wink. Because <laughs> you're never successful without, without a halfling in the team. I think these ladies have learned that one way or another. We don't need you. Oh, really? You would patch up your wounds. I would, since I have be the butt of all your jokes. (laughs) Gerald slowly leads you through the winding paths of the forest, and you get you get to Shadywood, and it's it's beautiful, scenic little town. Um, It's got little buildings that are in some of the trees with some ladders um, and steps that go up to them around the trunks. But most of the people, most of the shops are in little halfling or hobbit holes, for the lack of a better term. And Dave, you know that Gerald's house is right in the middle of town. It's the largest mound isn't in like, town. Is it like to like in would town. Gerald's house it's, be this? It would day. still be a small house because it's the biggest halfling house. Exactly. It's so, sized for so like be this room. So it, No, it'd be bigger than that. It'd be bigger than that. But okay. for you to walk in, you would have to bend over to get through the, the circle door to get in. I knew I made hand to push up the wall. <laughs> Excuse me. So you you get into and it's, it's a it's a bustling little town. Um, there are people coming and going. You know, it's uh, doing farm work, telling gardens. Um, there are people outside uh, uh, selling things, crafting things, and everyone seems to be happy and joyful and genuinely having a good time. You can hear some minstrels playing music um, on the other side of town, and the sound just gets carried on the wind throughout the town. So Gerald keeps on walking, and as you walk. Everyone sort of gives you, like, not weird looks, but everyone's watching you. Mm-hmm. And that's when you see a bunch of kids, little little halflings. They all come running up to you. They're like, oh, Dave, Dave, hey, it's Dave, 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 welcome back. Hey, Dave, Dave, did you bring us anything? Dave, Dave, what do you got there? <laughs> and who is this? And they start, they start touching you. And they start, all three of you. And they start pulling at your cloaks. It's like, wow, what is this? Is this magical? And one of them puts a hand on your magic wand, Galaxy. Oh, don't touch that. Don't touch that. <laughs> I want you to roll a perception check for me. An A plus three, so 11. An 11? Okay. So you're like, okay, don't touch that. Don't touch that. And you, you, get, the, you get the halflings to, to move away from you. Good. So, yeah, they're all excited and they follow along. And Joe's like, little ones, little ones, get up. Come on. Let us pass. Let us pass. We have work to do. So you move away from, from the little kids, and they, they scurry away, and they're all high-pitched squealing voices, and they're talking to each other. You get, you get a little ways away from them, and then that's when you hear, a, you hear a scream from behind you. And you turn around, and there is a cart of, filled with ale barrels that has broken away from the horses that we're pulling are from the little ponies and it's barreling down a hill and it is about to run right into the group of children. Everybody roll uh, roll initiative. So, Dave, what did you get for your initiative? I got 18. 18? Wow, everyone's doing pretty good. I got a 5. You got a 5? Okay. Plus, I did a 3 plus 2. Okay. So, Mimi, you go first. Um, I'm going to use Entangle. Ooh, okay. Um, to Very try clever. to stop the wagon. Okay. Very clever. All right. What's the saving throw for Entangle? Is it a strength uh, saving throw? I know Sa- saving throw. Strength saving throw. Yeah, yeah that's strength saving throw. I know what oh. I'm going to do. Okay. 
Alright, so I gotta roll that. And, okay, so you, you jump out. I got and, four. No, you don't roll it. No, but I, no, I saw you roll it. Oh, you, you saw me roll it. This DM screen is not tall enough. <laughs> not with those booster chairs. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should go there because I'm taller. So Mimi jumps out in front of you and holds out her hands. You guys see the, see some greenish magic glow off of her fingertips. And she raises her hands up and suddenly branches and vines snake out of the ground. And against the kids. And entangle themselves into the wheels of the cart and wrap around the cart and stops the cart just a couple of feet away from slamming into the children. And they all stand there with their arms up and their eyes closed. And they open their eyes one by one slowly. And they look around wide-eyed. And then they look over at you and they see you with your hands up and they go, Yeah! Hey, they start. They start cheering and Do clapping. Do I have a flask? Um, What's a flask? Because I'm an alcoholic, right? Right now, I have some whiskey. Dave is not an alcoholic. Oh, he I thought just, he was. No, he's not an alcoholic. He just he just enjoys his libations. Which is why I was gonna say if I had some alcohol, I was be like, yes, good job, Mimi. That calls for a drink. I would say that I would say that Dave probably has. Alright, so flask. I'll pull out the bottle and okay. I'll pass it around. No, I have my <laughs> that own. Seems like a Dave thing. No, I have my own whiskey, so I don't need it. Well, <laughs> let's all hit the bar. <laughs> all right, so we saved the kids. Now let's get this curse lifted off of you and Betha. So I want the three of you to roll a Betha perception didn't get check cursed. again. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Eleven. I got a five. Okay. So <laughs> Galaxy, I did just take a hit. Yeah. That's true. You're you're a little little occupied. Yes. You notice that the front of the cart, it looks like that something smashed the front of the cart, and that's what made it come loose from the ponies that were pulling it. And it's not like someone just like smashed it with a weapon or something like that. You suspect someone had used magic on it. And that's when you notice that your magic wand is gone. Who took my wand? Let's search the kids. I, have an, I didn't do it, and I have an alibi. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Galaxy, who do you think took your wand? The kids, yeah, that's yeah, a problem. She says it out loud. Dave's like, "You children, get over here." Okay, ro- roll. Okay, they they all they all come over. Their heads are down. They're they're not nearly as happy as they were a moment ago. I think <laughs> they know they did it. Oh yeah, yeah, they know what happened. Give me it. So one one of the little boys hands out his little hand, and he's got your your wand in it, and he's like, "I'm, I'm sorry, I just thought it was really cool." You little ones could have died. Someone could have been seriously hurt. We know, Dave. We're I'm very sorry. Now in you and all of your parents are going to hear about this. Now I waste one of my actions for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you wasted one of your spells. Left. You just saved all these children. Yeah, but it's their fault that the cart got loose. Well, you still don't want them to die. Well, thank you. Thank you for being honest. You're welcome. It's hard for kids to do that. I'm glad you kids are okay, though. And, well, I'm and I not think maybe you all learned I'm a valuable <laughs> lesson today. Yes, Dave. We're sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, so Jess says, "Well, that well, that was some excitement." <laughs> Indeed. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let, let let's get to my house and uh, we'll do a little bit of research. Okay. So he leads you to his home in the middle of town. Lead you in, you except for Dave. Dave, everything is suited to your side, mm-hmm. yeah. your size. You're yeah. perfectly comfortable. But the girls, they have to be constantly hunched over, although but not that much because the girls are only about five feet, five foot one. So hey, I'm still pretty tall. That's 
Sure. Are you five feet? Are you five feet? I no, mean, you're I'm very si- tall compared to everyone else in this village. Right. I'm six feet. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> you're very, you're very. So, but short. you're you're still, you know, you can still get around. It's like you don't have to hunch over when you're in the room, but you have to hunch over to go through the doorway. So you would hit your head on the doorways if you did not bend down. Like, but if Jed was here, because remember Jed was like seven and a half feet tall, he would be bent over almost halfway like, the no, entire he'd be time on in his here. Knees. He'd, be on his he'd be walking around no, on his knees, no. and even then, I think that his horns might hit the doorway. <laughs> so the so Gerald's home is surprisingly well lit, and it doesn't smell or feel musty at all, even though it's it's underground. Somehow the halflings have built these out to have really good ventilation and somehow get as much natural light in as possible. And he says, make yourself at home. It's like, I have to go look through a couple of tomes and, and I'll be back to see see what it is that we need to gather for, to, to lift this curse of yours. I'm, Shall I put some tea on? Please, please, help yourself. I'm really cold. I'm going to so put on my cloak. So the pot whistles and goes off. It goes like at the same time you hear this. Eureka! <laughs> Eureka! And so you start pouring the glasses of tea at the, the dining room table just as Gerald comes in with a large, dusty tomb in his hands. And he slams it down on the table with a big thud. Thump. And he starts paging through it. Right here. Here it is. This should this should be easy enough. But, uh, it'll take me a couple of hours to, to get it ready. Okay. And I can't be interrupted. So, Dave, show him the town a little bit for a couple of hours uh, and come back. In about two or three hours, and we should be we should be ready to go for both Mimi and Betha. Yeah, I should be able to do them both at the same time. Mimi, okay. what about Galaxy? Not Galax- Betha. Or yeah, Galaxy, not Betha. Betha didn't get cursed. That's right. Yep. You do you do recommend though that you go to Roscoe Roscoe's mom's house. Roscoe's mom's house. Yes. Who's Roscoe? Roscoe. Uh, well, Roscoe's mom's house is the name of the tavern. Gotcha. Yes, then I definitely recommend we go there. So, and you you know, every time you say the name, let's go to Roscoe's mom's house. It's like you always give a chuckle, and that's the reason they got named that, yeah. is because Roscoe was the original proprietor of Roscoe's mom's house. And he used, like, his mom's recipes and stuff. Right, right. And then, plus, everyone always th- thought it was funny that that they would have to go to Roscoe's mom's to go to go get a drink. Right. So then the name just, just stuck, because it was something that's that Roscoe started doing just out of, like, the back door of his mom's house. Right. So you go there to kill uh, to kill a couple of hours, and it's you open up the door, and everything goes quiet. And then they see that it's Dave, and everyone's like, "Dave, woo, Dave, yeah, I'm home." And you know, um, and then I go up to the bar and like, "Whoa!" And I'll I have order. a lot of gold, so I'm gonna buy a round for the house. Dave, no. Dave, no. a lot of gold. What's that gonna cost me? Wait, how much for one whiskey? One. One, one whiskey. Um, like a bottle of whiskey? Yeah. Let's just do a bottle. It's a gold piece for a bottle of whiskey. A gold? But I want to buy a round for everyone in the Right, right. It's a gold piece. I'll say eight gold pieces. 40 gold pieces. Can I take some apple sauce? There's a lot of people that are in the bar. Um, That's fine. A gold piece for one? Yeah. Worth it. I haven't been home in years. Right. And plus, I imagine, and I say that amount because I imagine that Dave probably would spring for some of the better stuff. Yeah. Plus, you know, your, your, your pockets are full of gold right now. Indeed. (laughs) And I'm home for the first time in years, and I love so. No, I only I still said um in our lot when I was drinking whiskey when I saved the children, I finished up my. <laughs> you were drinking whiskey when you saved no, the children, saved or do you mean she did it afterwards? After. She did okay. after. But um, I finished my first bottle, so I'm <laughs> like, I'll like, order another one. You finished the first bottle. <laughs> so Uh-oh. I ordered Mimi's a new. Mimi's kind one. of a mean drunk. <laughs> she always tries to kill me when she's drunk. 
Or at least you think she's drunk, which <laughs> turns yeah, to kill right. you. Like trying to make me take the catapult elevator. The muscalator. The muscalator, yeah. <laughs> the muscalator. I named it so that. So everyone's, everyone's drinking. Everyone's having a good time. I'm um, not drinking. Lots of people are coming over to you asking questions, finding out where you've been, the adventures that, that you're on. And who um, are us. Yeah, and so what brings you back to town, Dave? I'm just going to say that uh, well, I wouldn't believe in lying, but I also necess- you know, sometimes strategically you can't tell And you might so scare them. That, you, you know, right, right. we're on our way. We're on a journey to Westman, and uh, this was on the way, and so we stopped in because we wanted to see Dave about a few things, or see Gerald about a few things, and I wanted to show my really good friends where I grew up. Oh, So all great. those things are true. And somebody else, can I have another whiskey? You don't drink <laughs> whiskey, you drink wine and beer. <laughs> I'm well, that. no, well, something similar to that galaxy. So there, there is a voice that you hear orders another drink and says, charge it to my good friend Dave over there. Who's that? So you look over. So this, this, the biggest halfling that you have ever seen walks over. Is he my friend or is he like my nemesis? He's kind of your nemesis. He's your nemesis from grade school. His name is Welby. Welby, come on! <laughs> I already bought you a drink, Welby. And he's got he's got freckled red hair, and he's got kind of a, a pushed up little kind of a scrunchy pig nose on him. And Wait, but he's this. and he's red faced already. You, you can already tell that he's been into this into the sauce a bit. Like this, he's deep in his cups. Yeah, but he's 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 almost four feet tall. It's like he's a big big halfling. And I, he's, I got a big you. big mace. I'm not. Him. <laughs> he's almost as tall as me. And he's oh, so I'm rolling with my squad. I'm right, not, like I'm. But you you are a cleric of Mishakal, right? Yes. Turn the other cheek, take the Indeed, higher road, and course, all that. Yes. Yep. I'm still not so, buying him another drink. Right, but but well, but he's always given you a hard time, and he's always tried to take advantage of you when, whenever he could, and he's laid his hands upon you with violent intent a, a couple of times when you were younger. It's been a while since then, but things there's always been some tension. He's like, Dave, come on, it's been so long. Come on, just one more drink. Come on. Come on. All right, one more. All right. That's it. Thanks. I'm not buying you anymore because you're not really a very nice person. You're not really my friend. Oh, how could you say that? We've known each other for years. Yeah, and you've always been mean to me, Welby. Well, <sighs> Welby, come around the back. Yeah, yeah, but it, well, it toughened you up, didn't it? I mean, look at you now. You're a cleric of Mishikal with, uh, you know, hanging out with, with elves. That's going on adventures. Oh. Being all fancy now, aren't you, Dave? Oh, you got something against me, Welby? Which I'd... I'm just saying. One second you want you want me to buy you a drink, and now I'm, I'm just too saying, fancy, and uh, I'm just saying share the success. That's and I all. I said I'd buy you another. I bought a whole round of drinks for. The and party. he's saying this to you with the other drink in his uh-huh. hand, and he's just <laughs> the only reason he's letting you get words in edgewise is because he's Taking got the he, he's got the cup up to his mouth. <laughs> he's like, "What really brings you back here, Dave?" I already said, "I'll show him my teeth and what I hope he takes for a smile." Okay. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Or like, you're trying to do like I'm no, like I'm like trying to just be like nice and smile at him. Okay, it would be strained. It's so just not be... a genuine facial expression. Okay, so it's he just he takes it at face value. Okay, <laughs> so he turns to leave. He's just you know enjoy your elves, and he and he walks away. And there's like whispering of people like I can't believe he just said that. <laughs> Guy's a real he jerk. What did he, say? he just said enjoy your elves. That's he, Welby. He's jealous. He's, he's the town to bully. Get it. He's the town bully. He's jealous. He is jealous. Mm-hmm. But he's going to get it someday. <laughs> That's right. He has come up and will come. So, but other than that one encounter with Welby at Roscoe Roscoe's mom's house, 
um, everything goes great. You know, it's like everyone super happy to see you. They love meeting Mimi and Galaxy. Uh, they've got all kinds of questions about what does it mean to be a druid? What does it mean to be a wizard? And some of them ask in good spirits a little bit. And they're like, hey, Galaxy, can you, uh, can you show us some magic? Well, I can. What type of magic? Well, you're a wizard, right? So, but yes. Mimi, are you going to jump in as soon as they ask her that question? Are you going to try and cast something? Are you going to try and do some magic for them? No. no? Okay. okay. I want to use my thaumaturgy. <laughs> but I'm going to wait until Mimi to see if she's going to show me. Galaxy? Them. Or, yeah, Galaxy. Wait and see if she's going to show me. I'm going to use Mage Hand. <laughs> okay. You Your cast, favorite one. You cast Mage Hand. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to shut. Lifting a beer. <laughs> you gotta Are, use the mage hand to lift a beer up to your mouth and take a drink. Yeah. Okay. And it was like, whoa! And they all start clapping and cheering. They're like, do it again, do it again. Who wants a turn? Like, oh, me, me. Every single one of them raises their hand. Okay. <laughs> you you go around. All right. So she's like on the sixth sixth person in the bar that she uses her mage hand to bring their mug up to their mouths and have them take a drink. So, so Dave, what were you going to try? I'm throw back my cloak and I'm going to use thaumaturgy just to make all the flames of all the like lamps and the fireplaces in the room just turn different colors. Okay. So like nothing like crazy, just something like, ooh, ah, right, you know. Right, right. Like so crazy. after you do that, the, the, the bar goes dead silent and everyone's like looking at you wide-eyed. Nope. Yay! <laughs> I can turn into animals, then I turn into a bear. Wait, you're gonna, you're gonna turn into a bear, <laughs> right now in the middle of the bar. I feel like this is where we would do like a cutscene, yeah, right? And well, then of, outside buddy, of Roscoe's buddy. mom's house, uh -huh. and uh, all of the hobbits just screaming or flooding out, out yeah. of and the bar. Then I would and then you turn go back in, and she's just like. Was it something I said? <laughs> Instead, turn into a bunny. No, I'll turn into a bunny. Oh. I still feel like that would have kind of a similar effect. Maybe it wouldn't be as dramatic, but it would it would cause some people okay, to. Okay, I'm not turning into an animal then. Then I can I'm doing dancing light. That's okay, what I so see. You guys are all entertaining the ho the hobbits. Well, except for Welby. He seems he's getting surlier and surlier. Yeah, he's sulking over in a quorum. And so but you you killed a couple of hours and Looking outside at the at the daylight, you think that is probably about time to to head back to to Gerald's house. All right, so Very we popular. head back to Gerald's because I think that we got a couple ladies eager to get a curse lifted off. Yeah, I think it might be. I don't want a full moon. So and the sun is starting to set. So you get you get into Gerald's house. He's like, okay, good, good, come on in, come on in, we're all ready. And he leads you into the dining room, and he's cleared all the furniture out of the dining room. And there's lots of candles and incense that have been lit. The entire house has kind of been filled with kind of a kind of a smoke and an aura. He's been getting the ceremony ready to remove the curse, and he's got drawn into the into the ground with some salt. He's had some patterns and diagrams that have been written out. He says, "Galaxy, you're gonna have to sit here. Mimi, you're going to have to sit here." And the rest of us, we're going to have to stay outside of the circle. That's very, very important. But we all need to concentrate and think about what it is that we're trying to accomplish here. It's very important. And the timing of this works out really well because in the details of the ceremony, we have to do it during a full moon. And tonight, there's going to be a full moon. So things are going to get a little weird in here. Well, I'll be ready. 
Scare sword out just in case. All right. Mace. And and don't kill us. Of course not. And there's one other thing. Mimi, Galaxy, you have to be naked. <laughs> oh, the face that Birdie is making right now. You're trying her patience. It looks like I can I can get you some some robes to wear, but while you're in the circle, you do have to remove them. Close your eyes when so, you do it. So you can go change in the other I, in the other room. I've got some robes for you that if you want to go in there and, when, and change. When we do it, close your eyes. Oh yeah, we, we, yeah. We'll, we'll have our eyes closed in concentration as as we do. She's so modest, <laughs> right? So you change. Is it gonna hurt? It it might. All right. So you go into the other room. You put the robes on. You change. Come back into the room, and he's got more candles that are set up. And he's got he's got the book out on a table, and he's looking down at it. And you can you can hear him reciting some words softly but consistently, and. He doesn't stop speaking, and he keeps his eyes down on the tome, and he waves the two of you over and points to the circle. What do you do? I go in. Okay. What? You follow his instructions? Okay. Okay. So you, you get into the circle. You remove your robes. Everyone averts their eyes, and you, and you sit down. Gerald says, okay, I need everybody else to repeat these words with me. And he says... Wait, us too? No, nope, you two... You two just stay in the circle so and me concentrate. And, the, and and Betha and Duff and Blondie. Blondie. Yep. You all. He needs everyone outside the circle to to repeat these these words and nothing specific. They're just a couple of of magical incantations. I wish I could remember the three words from Army of Darkness. Klatu, uh, Verata. Oma. Niktu. Yeah. Necktie. <laughs> Nickel. <laughs> Definitely an N word. <laughs> you girls just need to concentrate on on removing the curse. And we're all going to be out here giving you support. So this is a very important part of the ceremony. So <sighs> let's see if we can get this done. What if it doesn't succeed? Oh, well, we'll cross that bridge yes. when we come to it. So everybody closes their eyes and they all repeat the words. That Gerald says, and you two girls, you do feel something. Does it feel ticklish? At first, it does, actually. Ah! Um, and then it starts to get a little uncomfortable. It starts to get a little painful. And you start feeling really, really warm. Sweat immediately shoots out on your on your forehead, and sweat starts running down, down your face. And your skin starts to feel a little, little itchy. And this is when... You become, you're not a werewolf, but this is when you become immediately aware of the moonlight that's starting to shine into Gerald's home from outside. It is the full moon that is outside right now. Galaxy, I need you to roll a constitution saving throw, but do it with advantage. So roll it twice. So So three three. and seven. And seven. And seven. Okay. You can feel your bones start to shift and it is very painful especially in your face you feel like your cheekbones it feels like that they're starting to break and start there's pressure that they start pushing on your nose as your face feels like it's starting to it feels like your face is starting to push out against your skin and that's 
just as it gets to the point that you feel like that you're about to scream out in pain, it starts to lessen. And that pressure starts to subside. And after another minute, and the chanting is going all around you, the, the burning sensation stops. The itchiness stops. And you, you stop sweating. And you know that the curse has been lifted. And you are exhausted at this point. Am I the only one? So, Mimi, you start to feel the same thing. But when you feel that pressure in your face, it doesn't subside. You hear someone in the room scream. And then that's when you realize it's you that are screaming and you're hearing yourself screaming, but it, it feels like it's coming from far away. You don't feel like you anymore. You start to turn into a werewolf. And it's not like you changing into your animal form as a druid. This is a painful process. And it's and it's it's some some other forces forcing you into the shape of this werewolf. And Galaxy, you see Mimi sitting across from you in the circle, sprout hair all over her, her face turns into a snout, her ears move up to the top of her head, and hair just springs out everywhere. Disgusting? Yeah, it's a little disgusting. So can I get out of the circle? You start to move out of the circle. That's when Gerald says, No, don't! Don't get out of the circle! You'll break the spell! What do you do? I stay in. You stay in? Okay. So, Dave, you notice Mimi is changing into a werewolf now. And Gerald's like, Keep chanting! Keep chanting! And everyone keeps chanting. Mimi, at this point, everything goes black for you. You feel like that you you pass out. You don't know what happens after this. But everybody else in the room, you see Mimi completely transform into a werewolf. And it looks like it's going to spring and attack Galaxy. Um, but just know if you stop chanting or if you get out of the circle, that sounds like that it will break the ceremony. I'm going to keep chanting. Okay. And I'm going to grip my medallion of Mishakal to give myself strength because this is scary. And I'm scared for my friends. We'll say me okay. Or yeah, be okay. But you don't know? The only thing you know you can do to help her be okay is to stay in that circle. So you are, you are five feet away from this snarling werewolf. And it looks like it's about to attack you. Charm person. You want to you charm person? Yeah, that will make her like... Okay. It won't attack me. Okay. I want. I. I will break this spell until. So look on your on your spell card for for Charm Person. What is the saving throw that she would need to roll for that? Wisdom saving throw. Advantage if in combat. They're not in combat yet. So what are the what are the spell components? Uh, it's VNS. So. VNS. Okay, so you could do that one. Okay. So Mimi, even though you're not there anymore, I'm gonna need you to roll. I'm sorry. It was a charisma saving throw. Wisdom. Or wisdom, okay. Oh, that's her strong suit. <clears throat> Mimi, can you roll a wisdom saving throw for me? Eight. You got an eight? Plus four. No, it was eight total? Eight. It was four plus four? Okay. Um, okay, so you didn't make your saving throw against Galaxy's charm person. And so... That's good. That, that's is, good. that is good. That is good yeah. So Galaxy, you cast charm person on the werewolf Mimi in front of you. And the werewolf blinks a little bit, lowers its hands, and then snarls and turns around and bolts out of the circle <gasps> and smashes through the window. No! 
out of Gerald's house. And, the, and when it goes through the window, the wind comes in and blows out a couple of the candles. People scream um, and yell just you know, because they got startled by, by Mimi suddenly jumping and out the Gerald, window. And then Gerald says, I just paid for that window. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone is stunned into silence after what just happened there. And Gerald's like, oh, no, that should have worked. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's my spell. It was going d- wrong before that. I don't. I don't think it was your spell, Galaxy. I think. Her maybe it was too powerful. So did that disrupt Galaxy, or did she still get the curse lifted? No, she still got the. She still got the curse lifted. Okay, I didn't know if maybe it would re- like if it, since this it wasn't all way all the way done that maybe it would get reversed. So, so Gerald, he starts he starts paging through the tomes and where he's like, I just I don't understand what happened. Were you, Galaxy? Were were you your cousin bit by the by the same werewolf? No. Oh, oh! And he starts paging through, and he starts looking oh, through his notes. Oh, we should have done it separate. He's like, no. Um, there, there is a, there is a passage on here that, um, that this, in some cases, the curse can't be lifted if the curse has been passed on to someone. If they are, are what, if they are the original or a child of the original werewolf. So the curse can't be lifted? The only way that we can get rid of the curse is to kill the werewolf that gave it to her. Or to kill the Let's first werewolf. So, But that's why it worked on, on, on Galaxy, because it was a different werewolf. It was a werewolf that, I guess, where the curse wasn't as potent that got passed on to you? the original or a child of the original. Right. When you say child, does that mean like a biological child or a child as in like... Is, one of their direct no no that yeah when turn. when I see the way that I read this is like the child would be like one of the first people to the, first, the, the curse has been passed on to yeah so like the first generation of werewolves anyone that the original had turned into a werewolf right right so whoever gave Mimi the curse was a very old werewolf yeah. or was given the curse directly from the original werewolf right. Which that would be a very, 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 very old werewolf. Oh boy, we got to go after her, huh? Yep. The sooner the better. But it's ugh, but it's nighttime. Well, it's gonna be really difficult to find her. Um, is there a good tracker in town? Maybe we should wait until morning. She'll turn back into Mimi once the full moon is gone. Right. Will she be okay? So as long, maybe we should just make sure that she doesn't hurt anyone in town. Will she and be then okay? Find her in the morning. That's that's a that's a good idea. Confronting her as a werewolf would be dangerous because we could be hurt and she could be hurt. You can, and you could use your griffins in the morning too, Indeed. in the daytime. Well, someone in is... town is going to know how to track too, and then we should be able to follow her trail. All I want is her to be okay, so we have to find her. Agreed, but we should wait until yeah. morning. Yeah, and and Betha um, is in agreement that we should probably wait until morning as well. But let's make sure that people in the town stay safe during the night um and let's let's get our stuff together and get prepared for for going out in the morning mimi i'm going to to cut to you now because you don't you don't know about any of this oh and you know when she wakes up she's gonna be naked so mimi the last thing that you remember what happened right when you wake up you're gonna be because the last thing that you remember was sitting in the circle naked across from galaxy and then that was the last thing that you remember and you wake up and it's morning. You're on the edge of the desert now. So, desert? yep. And there's one solitary tree 
it's a sickly looking tree that, that you're under, but it, it gives just enough shade so that you're not getting baked by the sun. How much, what's the size of the leaves? The size of the leaves? Like, can you identify what kind of tree it is? Is that what you... No, like, what's, like, how big are the leaves? So she made... They're not very big. It's not a very big tree. Oh, she wants to make clothes out of it. Oh. It just turn into a bear, right? And then she'd be... That's true. Covered sure, in fur, at least. Yeah, you could just turn into an animal. But, so, but you look down at yourself, and you are actually mostly covered in branches and vines, and you can't move. Because you don't know, you just woke up. You just woke up and you're covered in branches and vines and you are entangled right now. And you hear a voice that comes from behind you. And it's a man. And oh jeez. <laughs> Can we switch it to a girl? Nope. No, no. Why? And he's like, I was wondering when you were going to wake up. You crane your head, trying to get a look at him, and he walks around. And then I just say, did you see me naked? <laughs> when I saw you, you were covered in fur. So, technically, yes, but I did not see anything. Why can't I move? I cast Entangle on you to prevent you from going any further and potentially hurting anyone else. And that's when you get a good look at, the, at this guy. And he's a... He's an Asian man. He looks like he's in his 50s. So he, he's older, he's, but he's got long hair that's mostly gray, and it's tied back into a, into a tight ponytail. Hey, what, is he an elf? Or no, he's, he's, a, he's a human. Okay. Um, but he's dressed very oddly. It looks like that he's, you know, he's from another area of the world that you're not familiar with, but the his style of clothes while well, look they look very fine and they look like they're mostly silk. Um they're they're in a style and a cut that you've never seen before. In fact, his his shoes are even weird looking in that it looks like that they've got a spot that's been carved out just for a big toe to fit in. It's almost like he's his shoes look like kind of like mittens for his feet of where the big toe is like the thumb and the rest of the toes fit in, in the other side. So it's just little things like that stand out to you that it's just his attire is completely alien. So he says, my name is On. And um, me? Mimi, nice to meet you. I'm sorry to have to cast Entangle on you, but you were a werewolf and I had no idea where you were going or what kind of harm that you could potentially be doing. We, I was at someone's house trying to get the, I was at um, a house and trying to get the curse out then with my friend, but then I don't remember anything else. Sounds like it wasn't very successful removing of this curse. It was a good thing I ran into you and I, I felt your presence as I was traveling because it's not very often that you run into another druid, especially one that's been cursed with the werewolf. You're a druid? That's how I was able to entangle you in all these branches and vines. How do you know I'm a druid? After a while, you start to, once you're a druid for long enough, you start to get a sense for these sort of things. And I've been a druid for a very, very long time. Like, how old are you? Where I come from, that's not a very polite question. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I am sorry. After, but for the sake of transparency, I stopped counting after 300. 
So, Mimi, I hope you're whoever you were with was trying to lift the curse. I I hope that you can get back to them and you can figure out a way around this. I was at Shadywood, and where are we? We're we're twenty miles west of Shadywood. So if you were just there last night, you made quite the run in the middle of the night. He unbuttons his his jacket, and it's a it's a longer jacket, and he pulls it off. And he's got a, a sleeveless shirt on underneath, and he folds up his jacket and he places it on a rock not far from him. And he says, "Once you get out of there, I'll leave you with this." Okay. So you can at least clothe yourself as you try and make your way back to to your friends. Don't, I, don't I have a don't can't I turn into a cheetah? You could turn into a cheetah, yeah. Then I'd be there in no time. <laughs> you you could make the distance pretty quickly. But if Although you cheetahs are sprinters that's so they true. Can go seventy miles an hour, but only for short. Distances. Right, turning into maybe a horse would be the better option for for closing that distance, because they are um, more along the lines of distance runners. Uh-huh. But An says, "Mimi, it was nice to meet you, but I must be going now. I've got a feeling that our paths will cross again someday." But where are you going? I have my own affairs to attend to. Um, I sense a lot of potential in you, Mimi, but I'm not sure if it's the kind of potential that's good or bad. So I will just hope that when we meet again that you have chosen the right path and maybe at that point then there's some things that I can... Wait, is there a right or wrong path? Everyone must walk their own path. And the one that you choose, you may feel is right for you, but it may not be the, the path that I would have chosen. And if that's the case, next time that we meet, we may not be friends. But if we still are, I can teach you a thing or two about being a druid. Just met. So, and he slaps his hands onto his sides and he gives a deep, formal bow to you. And he says, Good day, Mimi. And he turns into an eagle and flies away. And that's when all the vines and branches fall off of you and sink back into the ground. Then I quickly get the cloak on. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, I don't think I put it on. I think I turned into a horse. Well, you can put it on and turn into a horse and the cloak will and the coat will change with you. Oh, I'll, I put it on, then I turn into a horse, then I start off. Then I you start running east back towards Shadywood? Okay. And then we would be out with the griffins if it's morning. Right, right. So you guys... Um, Although seeing a horse... Well, it maybe would be like an intelligence check or something to see if we saw a horse charging back towards... Yep, and that's just what I was, I was about to say. So you guys have gathered up all of, your, all of your equipment and you've gathered up Mimi's things as well and got onto the griffins in the morning and started flying out looking for Mimi. Okay, so you look up in your horse form. And you see two griffins. No, you see all three griffins flying above you. But it doesn't look like that they saw you. Or that it doesn't look like they're stopping. So what are you going to do? I start running back to where they're flying. And I'm just like going, Nay! 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 Like that. 
stop, stop, go down, 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 down. Okay, Mimi, the three griffins land in the in the grass directly in front of you. We found her! Yay! 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 And they and they brought your clothes with you, and Gerald is with is with you too. He's like, Mimi, are you okay? Um, yeah. We'll explain to her what happened. Though. Like everything that um happened while she because she passed out. Well, a druid found me and you found another druid. Well, a druid found me running when I was. Alone. Oh, so so someone stopped you. So you would have kept moving if, if this druid wouldn't have stopped you. Yes. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. And he pulls out his tomb. Or tome. You wonder. The big book. And he starts he starts paging through it again. Mimi. So from what I know about werewolf behavior, what you did last night is is not very typical. Because um, normally the first time that you turn into a werewolf, there's so much anger and um, bloodlust that you had that you would have just attacked anything and everything that you came across. But your first instinct was to was to run away in this direction specifically. And he starts reading some more. He's like, I think I think that you were running towards you were running back to, you were running back towards the werewolf that created you. Or or and his eyes get really big as as he was looking through, he's like, Or you were summoned by the original werewolf. And that's what you need if you want to cure yourself. So maybe I gotta. So next full moon, maybe you should just let me go and just and follow me. Well, now that he says this, you get a feeling in the back of your head that there is something is drawing you to the west. And when you look in that direction, you can see some some canyons. There's something in that area is calling to you, and you suddenly realize that you do really want to go there right now, but you're able to suppress the urge right now. Like, um, guys, something like tells me we should. I well, something makes me really want to head west, where there's a canyon. I think Mimi is being called by this master werewolf. And that's exactly where you need to go. You can use her well, as a compass to get there. <laughs> um, and if we kill him, her curse will be lifted? I guarantee it. Let's do it. 